Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome to another special edition of the 40 Scenes Fire American Soccer Show as we get ready tonight for the CONCACAF Champions League draw show live here. Uh, you can watch it Spanish language channel TUDN or Fox Sports depending if they're streaming or if they are actually going to be showing it on any of their Fox Sports channels. Um, very, very happy to have on tonight with me. Uh, to cover this draw tonight as we watch it live in front of us, of course, Kyle Dunk, Kyle Garcia, excuse me, of uh, Stumptown Footy of SB Nation as well. Soon, uh, Matt Ralph from the Brotherly Game, also of SB Nation. Jason Longshore, who covers Atlanta United, he's the uh, radio analyst for 92.9 FM, the game. Uh, on Atlanta United. This is going to be exciting. This is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm telling you right now, everyone, this is going to be the most interesting draw we're going to have uh, going forward. Clubs coming from, of course, Mexico, Canada, the United States, Costa Rica, Haiti, Honduras. Um, also, um, I believe also El Salvador and uh once again, this is going to be exciting. Kyle, this is the first time you're going to be doing a draw review, of course, as we're going to watch what's going to happen. Just to ask you the question, how excited are you to uh, witness this draw in front of your eyes? So, uh, since this will be your first trip to this thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited. First of all, thank you just so much again for having me on the show. And, um, yeah, I'm super excited. I know it's been, you know, like you said, I, I think it's one of the more exciting years, obviously. Um, I haven't been, I haven't ever actually gotten to see this draw yet ever because this is my first year. They'll be going on my first year really covering soccer. So I'm very excited, especially since the Timbers are back in it. Obviously that's the main reason I'm excited since their first time back in since uh, 2016. But uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I finally found the stream and I'm ready to watch and uh, ready to roll. There we go. This is going to be very exciting. Uh, you know, a lot of wonder, a lot of mystery on which teams from pot A will be taking on teams from pot B. As of right now, we have the hosts here of TUDN talking uh, about who it will be facing whom in this uh, competition. Of course, the 2021 edition of the CONCACAF Champions League, of course, yesterday, uh, talking with John Jagu from SoccerChronicles.com as well as the Cantina MX podcast um, to talk about that expansion of the tournament, uh, Kyle, as once again, we're going to have 50 teams, four groups of four in the North American zone. We're going to have four groups of four in the Central American zone, two groups of, excuse me, I made a mistake here. It's four groups of five in North American zone, four groups of five in Central America, and two groups of five in the Caribbean zone 
as that expansion will begin in the fall of 2023 as we get ready for uh you know this big tournament let's see if we're going to have on Matt Ralph joining Please us right now hopefully nope not yet so we're waiting for Matt to come and join us uh for the draw as we get ready for a lot of fun here and uh you know Great, great times, great moments. It should be exciting, and I cannot wait to see how this whole situation will be. Now, Kyle, as we talked about before, for you, first time with the Portland Timbers covering them, but watching the Timbers from afar, obviously, we all know how Giovanni Savarese loves to get his club ready to go, ready to battle, ready to fight. He is no stranger to these tournaments. He's been in South American tournaments, being from Venezuela, obviously. He's had his time in Open Cups back in his playing days with the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. What are you expecting from this Timber side when they're going to face their first opponent once this draw concludes? Yeah, so as you mentioned, you know, Gio, he's got experience with this kind of thing. And that's thinking back on it, I was kind of thinking about how um, that this past year, even just with the MLS's back tournament and just kind of the adversity and trying to go through a totally new thing when uh, such a strange time during the pandemic, how that was just another thing that just kind of helped, you know, add on to um, the greatness that, you know, or just kind of the great stuff that Geo can do. Looking into this tournament, I'm very excited actually to kind of see um, how it plays out because, um, we kind of, they, as you are probably aware of the Timbers, they've really reconfigured kind of their back line with uh, a lot of different ways. They've kind of kept the center back position pretty secure with, you know, Larice Mabiala and uh, Dario Zuperich. But, you know, adding, you know, Jose Carlos Van Rankin and Claudio Bravo, not the goalkeeper, obviously, the different Claudio Bravo, They were those were some big moves to their back line. And I think it's something that I just want to see kind of like how they go about it strategically because – when Blanco went down with that ACL tear, unfortunately, towards the beginning of just kind of the MLS restart, they really kind of had to go back to this kind of this big, you know, counterattacking style that was strategically a little different than, you know, what you see sometimes from MLS teams that are, aren't afraid to kind of, you know, take it slow, take their time because they don't, because, you know, the Timbers just didn't have the luxury of having someone who can always, you know, control possession outside of, you know, guys like, you know, Joe Diego, Diego Valeri and Diego Chara. So, I think when I think about the Timbers, I think they're weirdly they're set up pretty well to actually, you know, make a splash in this tournament. Obviously, Liga MX has dominated in the past, and you know, one I believe it's like the last 12 editions they've just done so well. But you know, we've seen MLS teams come in and you know, cause some damage, and I don't see why uh, the Timbers wouldn't be able to do that. Hopefully, uh, we'll just have to. It'll just really depend on um, how that back line really performs, and just you know, how can they get that connection between Dos Diego's going, and then just you know what happens in that front attack. Yep. I can't wait to see what's going to happen with Gio and how he's going to get his team ready to go. Matt Ralph will be joining us very shortly from the brotherly game of SB Nation as well. And then, like I've said, once the draw concludes, Jason Longshore, 92.9 FM, the game, uh, who is the analyst of our Atlanta United matches, he'll be coming and joining us uh, once the draw has been completed. Uh, Once again, here are the list of teams that are going to be a part of this. Uh, wonderful setup, obviously, from Liga MX in Mexico. Monterrey uh, will be uh, joining in uh, the Apertura Champions of 2019. 
uh, and the Apertura runners-up in 2019 Globe America, Cruz Azul, the 2020 Clausura champions, and, of course, uh, Club Leon are the Clausura uh, regular season second place, the runners-up. From MLS in uh, in the USA, of course, the Columbus Crew, the 2020 MLS Cup champions, Philadelphia Union, the Supporter Shield champions of last year, Portland Timbers, they won the Western Conference regular season, and, of course, designated as Open Cup champions because of no Open Cup tournament. It was, of course, Atlanta United getting a second chance uh, in the tournament uh, because of designation by U.S. Soccer. U.S. Soccer holds that um, situation. So hold on one second, ladies and gentlemen. Is that you, Matt? I'm going to call you. I'm gonna, I'll call you now. Bye. All right. So Matt Ralph calling me on the regular hotline. Uh, Got to get him into the normal situation and here we go moving on and uh waiting for mr ralph to uh there he is coming in loud and clear and there we go matt ralph brotherly game philadelphia uh joining us right now matt how are you good how are you very well very well very exciting of course for every philadelphia union supporter over at um, Subaru Park, you're going to have International Cup competition coming over for the first time in the history of the club, securing that supporters' shield. That must be, you know, uh, the level of excitement is probably palpable right now in the Union and all of Philadelphia and uh, outside of Philadelphia. You know, absolutely. I mean, this is a, this is a new experience for everyone who's been following this team. Uh, you know, since 2010, and so it's exciting just to kind of, you know, learn what, who the first oppo- who the first opponent uh, that will come to Hester is, and uh, yeah, it's definitely exciting, exciting in the short time for the team. I mean, you know, obviously with the pandemic last year, were there question marks about the Union squad? I mean, they had a great year, probably a little bit of a hiccup towards the back end of the regular season, um, but still, though. You guys, your 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 union side really found ways to just take on and take out all oncomers, mostly from the Eastern Conference, obviously, uh, to get to the top spot of the league. Do you think this team can make some big noise in this tournament uh, starting in April? You know, I think that's a, that there's a, there's a lot of questions uh, associated with that. I mean, the first time. Uh, first time in a competition can sometimes be, uh, you know, be a big adjustment for a, for a team. Um, certainly, you know, based on results last year, I mean, they were definitely, um, you know, they were they were really solid at home. I mean, they didn't lose a regular season game at home last last season, um, you know, and they just found ways to win games that they maybe weren't even playing their best games in. So I think in terms of the culture of the club, I think they're definitely, you know, there's definitely a lot, there, there's definitely a mentality of winning games but I mean this is such a new competition I think you saw that even with the playoffs you know this is a team that still doesn't have uh, a ton of players with you know deep playoff you know, experience there there are only two players on the were only two players on the roster that played for another MLS team uh, prior to coming to Philadelphia so uh, there, there there are some questions about that in terms of just the first time in the competition and 
you know, the, for a lot of these people, the first time traveling to play a game abroad um, in a different country. Um, so I think there are definitely questions. And now when you, you lose two of your best players and, you know, there haven't been signings uh, as of yet. I mean, we'll see in the coming weeks. But I, I definitely think there's questions about, you know, in terms of a first time in a competition, how they'll, how they'll come out. But I definitely think if, you know, they're, you know when they're playing at home, um, there's going to be a lot of momentum behind them. This will be, now we find out, it's the first game of the season uh, when they open this competition. So, I um, mean, you know, there's going to be a lot kind of going into this. And, you know, it's a team that's hungry that, you know, is, is still not happy with the way, you know, they you know had to play New England for the sixth time and lost in the opening round of the playoffs for them. So, you know, there's there's definitely um, there's a lot of incentive and a lot of mo- motivation within the squad, uh, but you know, it, it, it just I mean, I have a lot of questions just in general about uh, you know this competition because I haven't seen these players go through it before, and you know, it, it just with the <laughs> you know when is preseason starting now? You know, there's just, I think there's a lot. Um, I think it's gonna, I mean it's going to be challenging, but I think it's going to be challenging for all the MLS teams, and I have questions. Uh, associated with all of the teams in terms of how are they going to, um, you know, how are they going to, uh, you know, prepare for this competition and, you know, what are the, what are the limitations going to be uh, on, put on them for preseason um, in terms of just, you know, all the protocols that are in place right now. Yeah, very true. Big question I think is you've lost both uh, Aaron, uh, you've lost both Brendan Aronson uh, especially Mark McKenzie, your center back, uh, to uh, transfers to Europe, especially Brendan Aronson to Jesse Marsh at Red Bull Salzburg in Austria. Uh, how important will that back line be? And at the same time, you know, have the union brought in veterans? Are they going to use people from players from their union academy? Well, first of all, it's definitely weird to see Brendan wearing a Red Bull. Uh, Red Bull jersey. Uh, that's definitely <laughs> been uh, a different experience. I know it's a different team, but it's still you know within the within the family. And you know he is a, he is a kid from New Jersey, so it's not uh, not completely uh, unheard of. But I mean, in terms, I think definitely in terms of losing Brendan. I mean, even though I, I would, you could probably argue that Mark was the <laughs> maybe the you know the the one of the key ingredients to their defense being so good. I do think that. Brendan is probably a bigger loss just because they have Jack Elliott, they have Jacob Glesnies. I mean, there's those two are still going to be uh, one of the top, you know, center back tandems in the league. So, so in terms of, you know, I don't, I don't want to say you're, you're, you can't really replace Mark McKenzie. I mean, everything he he did for this team no. in the locker room and just what he, who he is as a person, uh, you, you know, you're going to miss him no matter what. But I do think, you know, finding the Finding a player like Brendan Aronson is not is not going to be easy, and you know I, I you know they had they, they did show last year they had had a lot of depth, and you know I think Anthony Fontana is someone who needs to get more minutes. Um, you know he's you know where that is and how that works. Uh, you know in some ways he he might be <laughs> might be a better better higher up the field than Brendan was uh, most of the time last season. So um, you know I, I I definitely think there's uh, there again there's questions about the depth of the roster and how that, how that translates to it, to, you know, now looking at a likely open cup appearance, we'll see. Um, but, you know, champions league regular season. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the starting lineup, I don't think the starting lineup is necessarily going to be uh, as big of an issue as the concerns about if there are injuries, if they're, you know, 
players just you know um you know Alejandro Bedoya uh, I mean he he was he was such an incredible uh he's such an incredible captain but you know at a certain point you have to you have to wonder like you know how are they going to get him rest and um is you know who who is the person that's going to fill his shoes when he does need to get a rest or you know he picks up you know yellow cards or you know whatever it is I do think the questions are, are certainly on the depth side of things, which is not going to be an issue for the first uh, first couple legs of this competition. But um, as the season wears on, and as you know, as you sort of see, um, you know, obviously they, they could still bring in some people, but um, they don't have. I mean, aside from Jacob Glesnies and uh, and uh, Jack Elliott, you know, there's there's not uh, uh, it's not clear who the third third center back would be. I mean. Uh, Aurelian Collin uh, possibly is back on the team, but if he is, it hasn't been announced yet. So um, he was, he's out of contract. And so uh, if he's back, then he would be that third person. Um, I, and I don't know. I don't know how, how, how I feel about uh, him. He hasn't played in a long time. So, um, and then you have, you have, uh, you know, some, you know, Matt Orvik can play center back. Cole Turner can play center back. Brandon Craig can play center back, but you know who's a who's a 16 year old homegrown that they signed. So I, there 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 are a lot of questions there in terms of depth. And then within the midfield, you have you know Paxton Aronson, you know who's 17. Um, you know you don't want to put too too high expectations on a 17 year old. And then you have uh, Jack McGlynn, who's new coming into the team, who was arguably their best player uh, at Union Two last year. So. You know, there's there's definitely reinforcements coming from the academy. You have someone like Jackson Brees who didn't really play last year, but he'll be a second year player um, who can play multiple positions, uh, you know, either in the midfield or the attack. So uh, there, there's definitely talent there, but again, it's still going to be the question of how how is this all going to work? And I mean, heck, anytime you take players out of the team, you know this, uh, Dan. Like. You know, you can have uh, you, know, you 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 take certain players out of a team, and it just changes the way they play, or it changes the dynamic, or you know the way they get along, or whatever. And so, I, you know, it takes time for a team to really gel. Um, and you know, I, I I would expect, like I said, I would expect them to uh, to to do well, you know, at least in the early going of this competition, and, and to, sh- to show that they belong. But um, you know, long term, there's going to be um, you know, I don't think anyone would fault them if they, you know, advance out of the first, you know, first, uh, the first, first go and then, and then fall after that. But, um, I mean, you know, any, and if they pick up a win or they score some goals, I think that'll, that'll be, you know, a perfectly good introduction to, uh, to this, to this level of competition for them. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, obviously first ever title, uh, supporter shield for the union, um, in in your mind, you know, obviously, you 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 know, if you go to Europe, you dream of clinching a Champions League spot in Europe. Was that the feeling you felt after they won the Shield back at Super Park towards the end of the regular season last year? Like they can't wait, even though they had playoffs to go right into, that they couldn't wait to finally, you know, taste test the waters of international cup competition. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, I think they, they, they clinched the, the spot in the um, in the tournament, and it kind of made me nervous because I was like, well, they, they, they already got the spot by virtue of Toronto. You know, they can't – Toronto can't clinch uh, through the league. So they had already had that wrapped up, and then, you know, Toronto lost the game before them, so they technically were uh, Supporter Shield uh, winners before the 90-minute whistle blew. But, 
you know, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as union fans sort of have this, uh, you know, sort of attitude, like, you know, when they lose, they lose on the road in, in, in Columbus, it's like, oh, here we go again. You know, they're going to find a way to not win the supporter shield. So I think the fact that it was there and they took it and they, they took it in style. I mean, no one wants to lose uh, the last game of the season and win a trophy you know, after losing. So yeah. oh, I definitely think that was like, you know, in terms of an exclamation point on a, really challenging and difficult year. I mean, it's, it's hard to really undersell that. Um, I'm sure, you know, Red Bull fans are, were probably, uh, you know, you know, I'm sure making fun of Philadelphia Union fans for, for, for making such a big deal about it, but it was a really big deal. And, you know, it was a big deal for Red Bull the first time they won Supporter Shield. So, um, you know, and, and, and yeah, was it, you know, was it under really, really weird circumstances? Certainly. Yes. And, you know, I mean, the, the the problem with the supporter shield is a whole other conversation. But you know that you're not, it's never balanced as it is now, and and you're not even gonna, you're gonna play what like half of the other uh, half of the other conference, um, and so you know you're you're not gonna have a, a clear, okay, the, every team played everybody twice, and this is who won. But um, to still you know to win the games they had to win in front of them, and to do that, I think is uh, you know was was really exciting, and it gave the fans of Philadelphia who otherwise had a really crummy 2020 <laughs> in terms of how their yes. team did. Um, it really gave them something like, Hey, this is something we can hang our hat on. And this is something that, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the team has been talking about this Academy thing and this, you know, we're, we're going to build this roster the way we, we can build it with the money that we have and they right. show they can do that and be successful. I mean, how long they can sustain that success. We'll see. But I mean, they don't make it to the Champions League if they're not, you know, doing something right. Yeah, no, that's very, very true. All right, gentlemen, as we are awaiting for the draw to begin, uh, let's go to Kyle first. Obviously, uh, like we've said, Pot 1, MLS, Canadian, Liga MX teams, uh, Atlanta United, Columbus, Philadelphia, Portland, uh, the Canadian Premier League winners and the Canadian Championship winner, uh, Toronto FC is going to take on a Hamilton Forge. We're going to have to wait for that one to see who is going to go into that uh, spot. From Mexico, Club America, Cruz Azul, Monterrey in the second pot uh, because of the lower-ranked Mexican club, which is Club Leon. They're going to be with Costa Rican sides, Deportivo Saprissa, Aluenza, and then, of course, from the Dominican Republic Club, Atletico Pantoja, the Honduran sides of Mont of uh, Olympia and Marathon. Uh, now I found out Nicaragua for Real Esteli and the Haitian representative. Now, you know, you can't sleep on a club like this, obviously, because you don't know who's going to sneak in and find a way to knock your team out. And this is, once again, if I can pronounce it, I'll, t- I'll give myself a star. I'm going to give it a shot, of course. Uh, R. Kahaye. So I could be wrong how I pronounced it. It's okay. Um, I only give myself maybe a quarter of a mark. No, I'll give myself a fourth. I mean, uh, 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 three-fifths. Because, not three-fifths. What am I saying? I stunk. One and 18th. That's it. So, <laughs> so we'll see what happens once the draw gets underway. Um, you know, last year, uh, gentlemen, when you see a Mexican side like Tigres that has um, – a very good tournament, even though they needed a big, big goal 
in the uh, round of 16 second leg, you're down at least by an away goal. The away goal is the one that's killing you right there and then. And then Tigris comes up with a big goal, Kyle, to not only win it on aggregate, but to advance into a run where they win the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the kind of stuff that this tournament is, you know, that this tournament's about, right? It's just like these kinds of, like, you know, coming up big and coming up with the big goals whenever you need it. And that's um, kind of the thing that you always have to look out for with these Liga MX sides in general, not just T-Grace, but even all of these other clubs, is that, like, they, they can usually find ways to come up with the big plays when they need to. And so I think when just kind of thinking about the this, you know, the CCL and whatnot and just looking at not just a, a goal like that from T-Grace, but just like even for this club with like, a, or for this iteration of the tournament and just like all these other clubs, I think there's a lot of teams in here in both pots one and two that I th- I can see a lot of team, different teams really causing some damage and coming up with those uh, goals when teams least expect um, expected. I mean, Club Lyon, one of the best teams in Liga MX, is in pot two right now, which is kind of crazy to think about. And it's just, you know, I can see them as one of the favorites in, in this tournament and things like that. And so, yeah, it's just, I find it um, always kind of interesting to think about how, you know, this is kind of the thing that these tournaments are based off of. It's how the Timbers got through and MLS is back coming up with those goals right at the last second when they really needed them. And that's what really got them through. It's also something that killed them in the regular season was turn those goals at the last second that really hurt them. But, you know, it, you give some, you win yeah. some and you lose some, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, no, this is the kind of stuff that uh, tournaments are really built on. I think there are a lot of teams that are capable of coming through in those final uh, moments when needed. No, absolutely. And, Matt, let's not sneeze on LAFC last year. Um, Los Angeles Football Club uh, had an amazing run uh, going into this particular situation. And let's not forget, if not for the heroics of Carlos Vela against Club America, which, you know, some will call it, you know, that's how the game is played. Just deal with it. Some will call it, you know, uh, gamesmanship. I call it absolute bollocks seeing a caliber player like a Memo Ochoa, a world-class national team goalkeeper for the Mexican national team, just baiting on an LAFC attacker to get him thrown out on a red card because he kept on leaning over, t- talking to him leaning over, and then he gets the guy he wanted, red card, you're gone, LAFC down to 10 men, and next thing you know, in the start of the second half, no, you know, no Miguel Herrera, no Ante Razov for either, you know, sides in the technical area, but Vela comes up big for two huge goals in the second half, defeating Club America and getting into that final. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. It's like, you know, even trying to explain what happened is, is, is a little bit uh, challenging to really kind of give it justice. But yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, the, the, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that, you know, is, is you know, all about like, you know, root for the root for the team in the league that the team you like plays for, but it was exciting to see that and to sort of see, um, you know, a, a team, a team like LAFC that was so dominant uh, in the league in MLS the previous season, right. Uh, whenever that was, it feels like five years ago now, but, um, you know, to sort of see, you know, a team that was, you know, they didn't win MLS Cup, but was, you know, was was one of the had one of the best seasons of, of any any team in the league's history, 
uh, to sort of be on that stage and represent the league the way they did. And, um, you know, it was definitely, uh, definitely exciting, but, you know, sort of uh, reminiscent of when Toronto FC was there too, where you're like, you get the sense that like somehow <laughs> it's just not going to, it's not going to work out for MLS to be, uh, to, to win the, win the competition. Well, let's see what happens. Some of these teams can get on a run and, uh, We'll have to wait and see when that opportunity will come. Once again, this draw will begin very, very soon. The pots are out. Now, once again, pot one will have the MLS teams, three of the four Liga MX teams, and the two uh, Canadian sides that will be challenging for that one Canada spot uh, will be out of pot one. Pot A will be their designations uh, where they'll go in, round, in the round of 16. And then pot two, the uh, Honduran side, the Costa Rican side, Dominican Republic, um, the Haitian the um, Nicaraguan side, and of course Club Leon, uh, being a lower-seeded Liga MX side, will be in pot two. They will be in the designations of pot B of where they're going. The pots are already on their displays right now. They are about to get underway very, very soon. Thank you for listening to tonight's 40 Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. As we are about to get underway, gentlemen, get your made-up draw sheets ready to go whether it's for the club you're covering or for the entire field, we're about to get underway here, and it's going to be exciting and a lot of fun. Once the members of CONCACAF uh, front office is getting ready to uh, move in, put their, uh, tell their uh, draw holders when to put their hands into the pots, we will be getting ready to go. So here we go now. We are going to start off. In pot one, this is exciting, and here we go. The hands in the pot for the first ball out of pot one, and the first club to be announced is, it looks like it's going to be Cruz Azul, and now it all depends on where they'll be placed in the A section from pot A uh, as we get ready to see where they will be heading towards. So here's the first ball out in pot A. Of course, that's Oscar Pereja, head coach of Orlando City. It looks like A3, I believe, or A1. So it looks like it's going to be A1 for Cruz Azul. Second ball coming out in pot one. And it looks like it's going to be. I can't read that. What what uh, what team is that again, guys? Have you seen it? It looks like Monterey was just picked. Okay, so we got Monterey coming in. All right, Monterey will be uh, the second ball picked, and it is A three. It looks like, or A two, I should say, A two. Well. Or is that A3? I can't tell anymore. <laughs> it looks like A3. I think it's A3. A3. Okay, so Monterey is A3. So the next ball that's been picked I just missed it the the club. What was that club, guys? I'm terrible at hosting today. Um, Atlanta United just got A6 on the Atlanta screen. United, okay. All right. So A5 will be Atlanta United. So 
So Atlanta United in A5. Next ball up. Oh, they're in a Atlanta United's in A6. Who was that? Um, Atlanta United's in A6. A6, okay. But who's that next ball up? Um, and then the Union just got A5 on my screen, on my stream. All right. And the Union gets A5, and that's Matt Ralph's side. Next ball up being picked from pot one. And that looks like the Columbus crew has been picked. The MLS Cup champions have been selected. And now we're going to see in which ball, in which section of A, they'll be chosen in. And here we go by Oscar Pereja as he opens it up. It will be A4. So Columbus crew in A4. So the next ball coming out in pot A. And it's going to be Toronto FC or Hamilton Forge for the Canadian spot. They have to face each other before this tournament begins. So it'll be either Toronto or Hamilton going at it with each other. And now they go to pot A. And for pot A, it looks like it's going to be at least... A2. So Toronto or Hamilton will be A2. The next ball coming out of pot one, and there's two balls left. One of them has been picked. And the Portland Timbers are next up. Kyle Garcia's uh, side he covers. Kyle Garcia right now. We've got the Portland Timbers up. Two spots mm-hmm. remaining. Either A4 or A8. Excuse me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven or eight. Excuse me. And that's going to be A8 for Portland Timbers. All right. And the last ball being picked. And that'll be for which will be Club America. They will definitely go to seven. And there's going to be confirmation right now from Oscar Pereja, the last ball in pot A. And so be it. And so far... Here are the designations. Now we go to pot two. As they're not wasting any time here. And it looks like it's going to be Real Esteli. And the big question is, who will face Real Esteli in the round of 16? Coming out of pot B now, of course, it is Oscar Pereja's time. His turn. Picking out the first ball out of pot B, and that will be B4. Pot B, Real Esteli, they go to B4, and that means they're going to take on the Columbus crew. Here comes the next ball out of pot B. It should be pot two, and that will be 
Club Deportivo Marathon of Honduras. So now you go to Pot B for their designation. As we take a look and see who they're going to be facing. Club Deportivo Marathon. They'll be in B8. And that would be Portland's first round matchup. Take it on Honduras side. Marathon. Pot A. Excuse me, pot one, pot two again. And the next ball picked, it's going to be Club Leon. Very exciting so far. Kyle, we'll get your thoughts in uh, once this draw is over. We'll get your thoughts about Portland's uh, opponent. Pot B now getting picked. Oscar Pereja, Orlando City head coach. And it's going to be B2 for the next matchup. That'll be against. Um, And I just lost it. <laughs> oh, yeah, Toronto or uh, Hamilton. The next club out is, uh, I think it's Aluenza. Did anyone catch that one? Uh, the club that was just drawn? Yes. Was Let's see. Um, I believe it was Arkai. Oh, the French, the Haitian one. Okay, well, they'll be taking on Haitian club. Uh, Cruz Azul. Yep, the Haitian mm-hmm. club. The Haitian club will be taking on Cruz Azul in B1. The next club up is ah, Atletico Pantoja from the Dominican Republic. They're going to be a bit squirmy. They're going to be tough to take on. And the next opponent for Club Atletico Pantoja, B3. So, B3, that will be Monterrey. Very, very interesting stuff here. Very, very interesting stuff. The next opponent, Club Deportivo believe that was Olympia getting picked. And they will be placed from pot B in B7. And that's going to be Club America. Very, very interesting setup here. As we move forward, next up, next club, Aluenza actually just, just got selected. Not many positions left. Philadelphia Union does not have an opponent just yet. Two places remaining. And there you go, B. Six, and that'll be against Atlanta United. The final one. 
the final pick. And that one looks like Deportivo Saprissa. Yes, it is. Deportivo Saprissa. I think there's only one place, one place to go. And Matt, it is B5. You're going to go into the Dragons' den. Deportivo Saprissa will be taking on the Union. Tough one. That's going to be a very tough one. That's going to be very, very tough for Philadelphia, especially at the Ricardo Saprissa Stadium, one of the most uh, hostile stadiums for visiting teams uh, in Costa Rica. It is just a big, big, tall task for the Philadelphia Union. You're going to be facing a very big one. A very big one, Matt. That's going to be huge. Okay. So, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. We have our matchups. It's a huge one, without a doubt. It's going to be very, very tough for all of these clubs in MLS. This, my friends, is something that is just unbelievable in what we're going to be witnessing here. Uh, these clubs moving forward into this tournament, um, just just tough, just very very tough to watch, and very very tough to uh, predict, especially in this Concacaf Champions League. It's going to be exciting to watch, but still though, you have to say that there will be some exciting. Uh, Matchups here, folks. Some very, very exciting matchups um, for this tournament, and it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch. Matt, let's uh, go to you first, of course. Uh, uh, Deportivo Saprissa. That is a huge, huge matchup. That, uh, like I said. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think uh, pre-pandemic, I would have said, uh, hey, a Costa Rica trip would have been <laughs> would have been fun to take. I mean, now obviously uh, I'm not planning on going uh, going to Costa Rica, but uh, I mean, I do think uh, you know, I mean, hey, it's um, it's a good club. Uh, you know, there's uh, uh, you know. I don't know if he'll play, but Walter Cortez uh, used to play for uh, Philadelphia Union too, uh, Bethlehem Steel, and he's he's in that club. So uh, he did make a Concacaf appearance uh, last 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 year, I think, uh, Champions League appearance, uh, left back for Saprissa. So there was a little bit of a connection between the two clubs. They've done done some business before. He was loaned uh, loaned here for a season, and then and then returned uh, to the club last year. Uh, his home club there in Costa Rica. So no, I mean it's it, it'll be a it'll be a, it'll be a tough task. And you know, I mean that's that hey, that's kind of what you want, right? You don't want, um, you know, we 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 were saying earlier how uh, this is the first experience for them. So hey, wh- what better way to kind of get um, get a taste of what this tournament is than than to play a tough team like Sprita? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we go to Kyle now, you're going to be taking on. Um, Club Deportivo Marathon for the Portland Timbers. 
Um, it's a Honduran side that, you know, some know, uh, not too familiar uh, with how strong they are, but obviously when you're taking on these sides from Central America, um, it, it's a big mystery. You don't know what you're going to get. Obviously, everyone knows uh, Olympia is the top dog or one of the two top dogs in the Honduran first division along with Motagua. But Marathon, uh, first time in a long time they've been in this tournament. What's your thoughts about this matchup uh, for the Timbers right now? Yeah, I mean, just for starters, just to, if we're being 100% honest, uh, a lot of Timbers fans had automatically kind of decided that the cosmic energy of the universe was just going to make the Timbers play Deportiva Saprisa just because that, you know, David Guzman's on Saprisa, so there's a connection there. They Timbers have gone to Costa Rica many times for preseason stuff, played Saprisa in the preseason. So a lot of us had just accepted that the universe needed Saprisa and the Timbers to be aligned again for 2021. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Instead, we uh, get um, CD Marathon. And it's interesting because you kind of touched on this already, this idea that kind of, you know, sometimes these Central American teams, they can be a little bit of a mystery. But, you know, Marathon, just kind of quickly looking at how they've done in, you know, their own league, you know, they've finished towards the top. Obviously, Olympia is kind of that top team. Olympia is another team that, you know, has beaten the Timbers in the past in CCL. And, you know, but Marathon, you know, they're right up there with them. They're, you know, second in, you know, Apertura, second in Clausura for 2019-20 season. Um, they're another tough, tub, tough club that, you know, has had some, you know, they haven't done a ton, it seems like, in uh, just kind of in kind of Champions League play. But I think it will be an interesting matchup. I, I think in terms of what it, it could have been for the Timbers, this is probably – not too bad. Considering I kind of was thinking that they, I was kind of hoping they would get matched up with someone like um, Real Esteli or Archive with a debutante and maybe try and catch those guys off guard. But let's we'll see what they do with Marathon now. I hopefully you know Timbers don't underestimate anything, and we'll just kind of have to see how it goes. Yep, exactly. Um, you know, once again, these are the situations. Um, that we have to look out for, we have to watch out for, because, you know, you never know, <laughs> you never know who you're going to face and who you're going to get, obviously. So, um, this is one of those things where it's going to be a very, very interesting setup, a very interesting situation moving forward. And, you know, once again, it's going to be difficult for some of these teams. And joining us right now from his watch party with soccer down here, of course, the Radio analyst for the Atlanta United, 92.9 FM, the game. It's Jason Longshore and Jay. Um, I, I mean, depending on your opinions, Aluenza taking on Atlanta United on the Costa Rican side, you got to be careful when you're taking on these strong Costa Rican sides. But do you feel that's a favorable draw for the Five Stripes? No, that's one of the teams that, that I did not want to see at this stage. They're They're coming in. Off winning the CONCACAF League. They're 15 straight unbeaten in all competitions. And it's a, a good side with a mix of, of youth and experience. Uh, Jurgens Montenegro is a young 20-year-old striker who's kind of burst onto the scene with six goals. But you also have veterans like Brian Ruiz and Johan Venegas who are well-known in the region. It's tough. I mean, I think all the MLS teams wanted to avoid Club León, but Alavalense was was one that 
as a as an Atlanta United person, I, I was not hoping to see them. <laughs> really? Well, it's true. They just did win the CONCACAF League, but uh, still, though, it's been a while since I think they've been in the Champions League. They may be a little rusty there, but I agree with you. You know, you're battle-tested. It doesn't matter uh, where you are. You're going to be facing some tough opponents. Yeah, you got somebody like Brian Ruiz. Uh, that's He's 35. He doesn't have what he used to have, but you're talking about possibly one of the greatest Costa Rican players of all time. Johan Venegas is a player that we've seen in Major League Soccer uh, with Montreal. The young guys like Montenegro, which, I mean, it's kind of funny that there was a, a confusing situation in the Costa Rican media with Montenegro uh, about a month ago where he was linked with a move to Atlanta United, and it was a complete misunderstanding. He was actually coming to Atlanta to sign a new contract with his agency, uh, who's based in Atlanta, but that's a player that is starting to turn a lot of heads out of Costa Rica and is ready for a jump. Mm -hmm. And we see it in this competition so many times with players who, you know, come in maybe unknown and get a move to MLS or even get a move to South America or to Europe. And and Montenegro will be a player to watch in this tournament. And Atlanta is going to have to deal with him in the round of 16. That's very, very true. I guess my question to you is this. Um, now that we finally have uh, a CBA, gentlemen, that's been agreed upon from both parties, the league and from the Players Association, do you, does some of you feel that this first round, this round of 16, uh, is going to be a lot more difficult than normal? Obviously, we all thought that uh, the opening weekend of the league season would be April 3rd and April 4th. Not so. Now it's going to be pushed back to April 17th, and will that make it even more difficult for both all of your sides coming into the season? We'll begin with Kyle, and then Matt, and then Jason. Yeah, I absolutely think it'll make it a little, you know, at least a little bit more difficult. I think continuity matters, especially in a sport kind of like soccer, where, you know, getting into a flow and getting into a rhythm with your team is so important. And, you know, jump, having that start date pushed back even a little bit is just, you know, that hurts. That hurts the team. Um, they were talking about this on the CCL, the, pre, the pre-draw show, actually, about how, you know, there are clubs in this, you know, that are going to have an advantage because, like, clubs like, you know, Vigan MX teams or, you know, the Nicaraguan side, Real Esteli, I believe they mentioned, has been, you know, playing pretty consistently um, still throughout, you know, 2020 and 2021 um, up to this point. And, they kind of have this advantage where, you know, they kind of have that continuity, whereas the team, um, you know, like, you know, Atlanta United, who gets, has a new manager this year, they have to uh, kind of figure it out now and get started with, you know, Champions League stuff. So it's definitely an advantage to, you know, kind of have continuity going into the, um, or at least a bit of a flow going into the start of the tournament. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of how these uh, MLS sides um, respond to that. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if the when, when training camp's going to open now. I think the original date was February 22nd. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, somewhere not too long after that date uh, just to get, get players back and, and start, start getting prepared for, you know, for, you know, whether it's a home game first leg or home game away game um, first leg. But, no, I think it's, it's, you know, again, like I said before, 
this is this is this is all new territory for the Philadelphia Union. So, um, you know, may, maybe it actually benefits them uh, in some ways just because you know they're gonna um, you know, they're they're gonna be a team that is gonna want to kind of create a little bit of chaos in this tournament. And you know, they're you know I don't I don't know a whole lot about the, their opponent at this point. Um, we'll, we'll certainly learn more and. Uh, we'll we'll hear what uh, Jim Curtin has to say about them tonight, but uh, in a little bit. But you know, yeah, I, I think that it, it it's hard to really say because this team hasn't been in this competition before. But um, you know, certainly, I'm sure it would. Everyone from the club would have liked to have had a, a more of a, a normal uh, you know winter where you're starting training camp what three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> I, I think right. I mean, I think a lot of the Champions League teams would have started. Um, at least started training and everything uh, in, in mid-January. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's, it's a, that's a disadvantage for uh, for all the MLS teams that um, you know, they they didn't get this they didn't they didn't, they didn't have a, a cleaner sort of uh, uh, entry into 2021. Jason, especially for Atlanta, like uh, we were talking about, you know, you got a new manager. Uh, Joseph Martinez hasn't played a single match since the home opener or the season opener uh, and the round of 16 of last season's edition um, in the CONCACAF Champions League where uh, he's been basically healing up, rehabbing that torn ACL. Um, Is this a double difficult situation for Atlanta United to start the season? Yeah, it's not ideal. Um, preseason is going to be weird. You know, a, a lot of times, even beyond like when it's actually going to start, uh, a lot of times you're able to do what Atlanta did last year in preseason, preparing for CONCACAF, where they, they played a lot of matches. And in Frank DeBoer's first year in 2019, preparing for CONCACAF, they did a lot of, of training camp work. And I think it showed early on that season. It was a, a struggle to get going going to be tough to play matches in preseason um you're probably going to be trying to play whoever you can that's nearby if you have usl teams nearby that'll help um college teams whoever you can get because you're not going to see what atlanta did last year where they you know went over to birmingham and played birmingham legion in front of a crowd it was good preparation they went down to to mexico and played leones negros ahead of the the matchup um, with Matagua, and that was good preparation. You're not going to have those opportunities. So the good thing is you get the second leg of these series at home. All the MLS teams will be at home in leg two. And, and when you start to look beyond the round of 16, and you can't, especially if you're Philadelphia and Atlanta, you can't look past Saprissa and Alawalense, two big teams with big ambitions uh, who will not be a walkover. Columbus and Portland got easier draws compare, in comparison. But oh, yeah. When you start to look ahead, it actually works out pretty good for the MLS teams because of the way the brackets fell. You've got on one half of the bracket Cruz Azul, Monterrey, and you've got Columbus, who I think is absolutely a favorite in this competition, and potentially Toronto and Leon, whoever comes out of that one, assuming Toronto gets past 4GFC. That's all on one half of the bracket. The other half, if you just look at the seeds and say that it's chalk, you're talking about Philadelphia and Atlanta in a quarterfinal. You're talking about Club America and Portland in a quarterfinal. It's wide open on that half of the bracket for an MLS team to get to the final. You've got to deal with Club America, and they're figuring things out with Santiago Solari. It's been a pretty good start, but Portland can handle them in a potential 
quarterfinal, I think. I think Giovanni Savarese is a, a perfect kind of manager for this kind of tournament. And Atlanta-Philadelphia in a quarterfinal, as, as both teams are figuring things out with new faces in the lineup playing key roles for Philly, some of that for Atlanta, but a new manager on the touchline, it's a toss-up. It could be. I mean, you'd probably say Philadelphia is a favorite, but we'll have to see how Joseph gets back into this. We'll have to see how the new faces really fit for Atlanta United. The, the Going past the round of 16, it's really interesting for the MLS teams. It really is, and it's just amazing what we're seeing here in this draw. Love this draw so far, and I agree with you, Jason. Uh, so far, I think we got ourselves some pretty good matches in the bottom half of these brackets moving on into the quarterfinals, and um, we'll have to wait and see. Once again, everything will kick off uh, the, week at, the week after uh, April 3rd and 4th. It'll start on Tuesday, April the 6th through the 8th, and then, of course, you can listen here to the Forcing Fire American Soccer Show for CONCACAF Champions League uh, review shows and round of 16, the quarterfinals. And then we have to wait for uh, end of the year towards the fall of uh, 2021 when we get to the semis and the finals. So it should be exciting to watch and it's a lot of fun. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, we'll just recap all of the uh, seedings here in the uh, brackets. Cruz Azul taking on um, the Haitian club Arachea which, of course, I probably butchered it again. Um, Toronto FC or Hamilton Forge, from the Canadian point of view, uh, they'll be taking on Club Leon. Monterey against uh, Club Atletico Pantoja. Columbus Crew against Real Esteli. We got the Philadelphia Union host taking on Deportivo Saprissa. Atlanta United taking on Aluenza. Club America against Olympia. And then finally, Portland Timbers going on against the one and only Club Deportivo Marathon. Um, any final thoughts, gentlemen, on this draw, in your opinion, as a uh, you know bracket as a whole? Uh, we'll go to Jason first, and then Matt, and then we go to Kyle. I'm excited. I mean, CONCACAF, as we see with Tigres in the Club World Cup final tomorrow, CONCACAF's really come a long way. I think it's more competitive than it's ever been. I can't wait to new format. Um, but this is an exciting start to the season. I, I was kind of hoping we'd have a game at least under under the belts for all the MLS teams. That's not going to work out to be the case. But you've got matchups for everybody that are doable. And, and, and we've seen some where it gets really challenging from year to year where the, the draw happens. And, and I've seen it here in Atlanta the last couple of years where – you get past that first round and it's been Monterey, it's been Club America in that next round to have a chance to face another MLS team in a quarterfinal. You've got to be pretty happy if you're Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra and Gabriel Heinze. It's going to be a fun tournament. You're going to see some surprises. You always do. Olympia Club America could be maybe the series of the first round. Olympia could give Club America a bit of a surprise there. But I can't wait. I love the CONCACAF Champions League. It's a blast to see teams that you might not know as well. It's a blast to, to see the competition, and I think it's getting better and better every year. Yep, absolutely there. Uh, Matt, excited for your first opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate Jason pointing out that the I didn't realize that the first games will be um, on the road. So, I mean, that's exciting, thinking about the Union – Starting their season in Costa Rica again, I would I would like to be taking that trip uh, myself, but uh, under uh, under non-pandemic times. But 
No, I, I, it's exciting to sort of sort of see um, this side of you know this side of the competition in terms of covering it. You know, I pay attention to it, but not not at the level I will be uh, certainly with the team that I cover. So, um, no, I'm looking forward to it. And, and again, I think it's a it's an opportunity. Uh, you know, like Jason said, I, you know, uh, certainly the preference would have been to the Union typically don't do so well in their first game of the season. So it would have been nice to kind of get that over with before traveling to Costa Rica. Um, or just having a game under your belt before before heading down there, but um, no, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you know how that how that how that goes. Um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, will be a different uh, different environment than what would normally be there. And then, of course, uh, the return trip here at Chester will be, you know, it'll be a big night. You know, to to take on um, you know a, a team in the Champions League. That's you know they certainly played inter- uh, international teams before they way back many years ago played three games in Costa Rica for preseason, but this will be, you know, a new experience to have a, um, have a, have a team come into to Subaru park to, for a game that matters, that counts. Uh, that's not, not an MLS team. So, and not, you know, the Harrisburg city Islanders or something uh, in an open cup uh, competition. So <laughs> just really looking forward to that aspect of it. And union fans sort of learning, um, you know, learning what some of uh, their, some of the fans around the league have kind of, gotten used to uh, being in being in this competition a lot more so it'll be good it'll be it be a, a you know experience and hopefully one that that lasts more than two games uh, for, for them and Kyle your final thoughts please yeah just kind of echoing what a lot of people have already said you know I'm I'm excited I'm excited to see that the Timbers are back in this tournament and I I'm really excited to see what they do I think uh, Jason was the one who said this that uh, this is the kind of situation where um Gio Severese he can really he can find ways to thrive um I think he I think this is the perfect kind of tournament for him I don't know uh, whether or not this will you know turn out to be you know um an optimistic uh outlook or but there's a chance I think um that you know we could maybe sneak past the Amazon and get into the quarterfinals which would be huge I think for um club like Portland to uh get into the quarterfinals like that and I'm just kind of excited about, you know, the possibility of just kind of, you know, getting back into a big international tournament, getting to watch teams that, you know, you don't usually get to watch outside of, you know, the occasional, you know, FS1 game that shows up on, you know, your TV or whatnot. And it's just going to be a fun time, I think, um, regardless of uh, what the outcome is. Um, obviously, we're hoping for more uh, wins and losses, but, you know, we'll just have to, we'll just see where it takes us. And I'm uh, excited to see where it goes. Yeah, me too. I think the one thing I'm more curious about, obviously, besides every all the other games, I want to see who's going to come out of the, the the Canadian spot. I really want to see what will happen and who will win either between Toronto or Hamilton Forge because I want to see – we all know what Toronto is about. We already know what Toronto can do, but – I want to see what the Canadian Premier League team can do and maybe make things a little bit more interesting. So that's what I would love to see. I want to see if Hamilton will pull off an upset and try to knock off Toronto before, you know, beginning this tournament. So that's going to be exciting for me. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. I always appreciate it. Hope to have you on during the Champions League review shows later on uh, in two months. Have a good evening, guys. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Sam. Thank you so much. Thank you. And once again, Matt Ralph, Jason Longshore, Kyle Garcia, thank you to those guys for doing the show tonight. 
Um, and once again, just a lot of fun, a lot of uh, great excitement. And we're going to have to wait and see. It's going to be a little bit more challenging than normal, a little bit more challenging than normal. But once again, this should be a fun time to watch what's going to happen with this CONCACAF Champions League tournament. Um, this is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you so much for listening to me uh, during these, next, these last three days, including tonight. CONCACAF Champions League talk, and then, of course, everything else. Join me this coming Monday night. We'll have the guests planned for this past Monday, for this upcoming Monday, and, of course, MLS union discussions uh, after the CBA has finally been officially ratified. Thank you for listening to me tonight. Take care. So long, and bye-bye for now.